Sidon to Zarephath, and there you will find a widow, and I will feed you through this woman. Can you imagine being Elijah getting out of the brook? I thought you had me, didn't you? All you haters talking about me. I'm good. See you. Wouldn't want to be you. Goes right up to Sidon, and God says, there she is. And here comes this one. And he says, her, Lord? Sometimes God's answers don't look like what we had in mind. Because I pictured a widow in a mansion, old widow with lots of money, Bentley in the driveway, you know, stereo system in the house, outdoor pool. I go get in the pool, since the river dried up and get in the pool, it's gonna be good, it's gonna be fine. Her? In that shack? On them bony legs? And them trembling knees? She don't look like she could take care of herself. This is your answer to my droughts? He said, yeah. And he goes over to the woman and he says, I'm thirsty. Miracles are made out of need. Miracles are made out of need. If there is not a need, to challenge you, there will not be a word to stir you. So when you ask God to stir your faith, he'll stir your need. He'll stir you and challenge you in an area of your vulnerability because you will never find out what you got until you've been challenged beyond what you see. So here he comes down to the house to meet the widow and he goes to the widow and says, I'm thirsty. And he challenges her limitations. If it were within her reach, if it were easy for her to do, it wouldn't be a miracle. She said, well, you know, it normally wouldn't be no problem, but I had this situation going on. You know, I'm trying to raise these two boys by myself. And, 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 and uh, we are in a drought, sir. Didn't you watch CNN <laughs> or Fox? Uh, we are in a drought. The thing that I rely on, that I counted on, that I depended on, is gone for me too. She said, in fact, right before you came over, I was gathering two sticks. Now, you know, you, you broke when you counted sticks. <clears throat> two sticks to differentiate from the woman next door who only had one stick. I got two sticks. I got just enough fire for us to have a final supper with my two boys, and then I will be like the rest of those bodies down at the end of the street that are wrapped in burlap about to be buried. I watched my neighbors go. I watched the friends around the corner go. I fought it as long as I could. I'm down to my last two sticks. I got a handful of meal. I got a little bit of oil. I'm gonna make a little bit of bread. 
I'm going to eat something, and I'm going to die. And he says, okay. And I guess she said, what kind of prophet are you? <laughs> the woman telling you she's getting ready to die with her kids. Notice how poverty is generational. It has its own culture. It has its own mentality. And poverty is not as much about not having money. It's about a mindset. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. And once, once you get in that poverty mentality, money won't bring you out. Because your mind will always rob you of the opportunity your money gave you. It's a mindset. You have to break the culture of it. It's the way you think. It's the way you handle stuff. It's the way you perceive value. It's a mindset. You, you gain something just being raised in a house where there's some prosperity. You get to hear conversations you wouldn't hear. You get a mentality that you wouldn't get. You get a way of processing problems that you wouldn't get. When your daddy's solution for not having money is to run that cable cord out the window, Helen, over to the neighbor's house, ain't nobody. That's a mindset. That's a mindset. That get over spirit is a mindset. And so even when you start going better, you still acquiesce to the culture of poverty. And there you are making $70,000 a year talking about run that cold out the window. And you're stealing something you could have paid for because it's a mindset. Culture is not just me that's starving profit. My, my starvation has affected my children. And so I'm going to feed them what I eat, which is part of the problem. Because when all you feed the kids is what you eat, they will only think like you think or have what you have. So she says, I'm going to feed them what I eat. And I already know while I'm chewing it, we're going to die. Because we're in a famine. There's a drought going on, man. All I got left is this, and we're going to die. I know what I have. I know it's not enough. I know it will not sustain me. I'm going to eat it and die. Eating is about living. But she says, I'm going to eat it and die. And he said, okay, go and fix yourself some lunch, but just make a little cake for me first. He doesn't tell her, yeah, I say unto thee this day the famine is over. Yeah, yeah, no. You're going to gather up, you're going to be so blessed. You will not die like your neighbors. You're going to come through, you will succeed. You're going to overcome. Glory to God. <laughs> he doesn't say that. He says, go ahead and die. He doesn't, he doesn't give her any hope of life. He puts demand on her demand. He says, go ahead and die, but before you die. Now see, I'm not sure that God could have used me in this story. I'll be honest. Because if I went to the man of God and I told him, we're getting ready to eat this cake, me and three are going to eat this cake, we're going to die, and, and that's all we can do. And he said, go ahead and die, but before you die, 
what, what was being tested in this woman was her respect for God's word. What is being tested in this woman is do you esteem your need over his? The carnal mind says, I'm not thinking about you. I told you I'm already down and out. I'm going to bake this cake and eat and die. You better knock on somebody else's door. The spiritual mind says, it's not enough anyway. Why would I be stingy when it's not enough anyway? I'm hungry. The kids are hungry. He's hungry. This won't fix it, but it will set a precedence that even as I was going down, I put God first. Here is the power of the text. It is not just that she gave to the prophet. It is that she gave to him first. That's what unlocked the miracle. That's what unlocked the miracle. It's not just that she gave. If she'd have said, okay, i tell you what, I'm going to eat, me and the kids going to eat, and if you got any crumbs left, you, you can have some. She'd have never got her miracle. The miracle is in one thing, and this is what the text is about. It's not about prophecy. It's about priority. It's not about prophecy. Had it been about prophecy, he would have prophesied. Yeah, it's over. I've come to your house today. It's going to be good from here on out. Turn your morning into dancing. It's over. Hallelujah. It's prophecy. He didn't give her no prophecy. He didn't give her no promise. He didn't say if you, you just, you're just going in there, everything's going to be fine. No, no. He said, go on and eat it and die. Just bake a little cake for me first. And most people would have died on it right then, right on it. <laughs> Something in her background taught her, seek ye first the kingdom of God in all his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. It's not just seeking God. It's seeking God. Oh, y'all don't hear me. It's not just seeking him, it's seeking him first. Now, be fair, don't you get disgusted at people who seek you last? After they have made the mess, followed everybody else's advice, lost the car, now they're coming back to get the dog too, and then they call you and say, what should I do? You say, you should have called me three months ago. God says, I am not in the business of being sought last. I want you to make me first and come to me first. When do you want me to seek you, Lord? Late at night? No, early in the morning. Whenever God asks you for something, he will always ask you for his first because God wants to be the priority in your life, not the afterthought after you've talked to everybody else. He said, as soon as your eyes open up in the morning, seek me early in the morning and I will bless you because I am first. Somebody say he is first. The anointing will fall, not when you are being served. It will fall when you serve. My experience so far has been mind-blowing. 
It was not an experience, it was an encounter. Absolutely phenomenal. My pen couldn't write fast enough, my hand couldn't write fast enough, I have notes upon notes. God said I'll send a fresh anointing. Just an exchange that you can't explain. So I will go back never the same. You are reapers. When you get back home, step again. You're gonna step into deals, step into opportunities, step into power. It's the International Pastors and Leadership Conference 2019, April 25th through the 27th in Tampa, Florida. Register today at pastorsandleaders.org. So he says one thing to the woman. He says, bake a little cake. He didn't ask for much. He didn't ask for all. Just a portion. He said, just a portion first. And as she was going to obey what he said, he said, as the Lord liveth, your meal barrel will not run out. Watch this closely. He did not say your meal barrel will run over. He said it won't run out. I want to talk to some people that, that you, you haven't run over, but you haven't run out. Oh, oh talk to me, somebody. Talk to me, somebody. I don't have enough that I can brag. I don't have enough that I can take off work. I don't have enough that I can act crazy. I don't have a running over blessing, but I got something white. Just every time I reach. Touch your neighbor and tell him it's time for you to stretch. He said, I'm gonna design, I'm gonna design a miracle for you that's going to require you to stretch in order to be able to get it. You're going to have to work to be able to get it. I'm not going to send you full loaves of bread. I'm going to send you handfuls of potential. And every time you stretch, I'm going to give you a handful of potential. My God, I feel myself about to preach this morning. You see, I know God can make bread if he wants to because he proved it for the children of Israel. When they got hungry, God didn't send them meal. He sent them manna down from heaven. So I know God can make bread when he wants to, but when God is trying to teach you, he won't give you the bread, he'll give you the meal. And if you stretch for it, he'll give you a handful of potential. Who am I preaching to this morning? Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, if you stretch, God will fill your hand with potential. Oh, I'm gonna give you a minute to shout if there's a shout in here anywhere. Touch three people and say, what is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? You must discover, you must discover the power of what you've got left. 
until you understand the power of what you've got left, you can't change your situation. But as long as you look at your situation, see some of you are cursing your situation because you're looking at what you got left as if it is powerless. But the Lord sent me here to tell you that what you got left is powerful. If you stretch, God will open up the windows of heaven. If you stretch, oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost about to take this place over. If you stretch, slap your neighbor and say stretch. Whenever God gets ready to work, he will always use a little bit. If it's nothing but a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread, he'll feed 5,000 folk. If you got a little bit, if it's nothing but a jawbone of an ass, he'll destroy the Philistines. If you got a little bit, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Slap your neighbor and tell him I got a little bit. I can't see clearly. I can see men walking like trees. I thank you, Lord, for a little bit. Every now and then, you gotta shout over a little bit. Somebody give God praise for a little bit. Lord, I thank you for the little bit I got right now. Lord, I thank you. I can't hear y'all praising God. God does the most when you got a little bit. Abraham said, Lord, you should have done this when I was young. My factory broke down. It's still there, but it's broke. Her factory, it ain't never been there. But she there. And if you're gonna give us a miracle, you should have given us a miracle when we were young. You wait till I'm 99 years old, I just got a little bit of light, what? I just got a little bit, what? I just got a little bit of 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 what? If you got a little bit of life, if you got a little bit of wisdom, if you got a little bit of strength, if you got a little bit of beauty, whatever little bit you got, you need to use it and let God open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Now, I'm almost finished, but I want to show you this because anybody who ever got blessed always got blessed with not enough. Give me some. Yeah, with not enough. They never had enough anything to do everything. But see, when you get rid of that mentality where you're cursing your little bit and you see your little bit as a nucleus for what God is about to do in your life, a little bit. Touch your name and say, I got a little bit. I'm old, but I'm not dead. I got a little bit of strength left. I got a little bit of power, yeah. I, I, I don't have the money I want, but I got a little bit. I got a little bit. I got a little bit. And God says, the principle is in the priorities. 
if you don't master it on a small scale, you won't master it on a large scale. You understand what I'm saying? God let me be broke with no money. He let me be prosperous with all kind of money. And I ended up at the same place. And I asked him, what's wrong? He said, it's not the amount. It's your method. It's your method. And whether it's $100 or $1,000, you will always be broke because you have the methodology of poverty. You don't have your priorities in the right place. When I do give you a thousand, you buy what you want and beg what you need. He said, and until you get your priorities straight, I can't afford to bless you because I can't bless you if I can't trust you. Oh, y'all don't hear me. I said, I can't bless you if I can't trust you. But if you show me that you'll fix your method, then I can make an investment in your life. In fact, if you'll put first things first, God said, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You won't have room enough to receive. Slap somebody and say, first things first. The whole principle of tithing is not gambling at a casino. It is a commitment to priority. It is saying, God, I put you first. Whenever you put God first, he will arise and let your enemies be scattered. Your figs will not cast their fruit before their time. Your leaf will not wither. Your enemies will be your footstool because you put God It's crazy, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a little cake for you first. Mama, we hungry. She said, wait a minute, I'm making a little cake for the prophet first. And she made a little cake and brought him, gave him the cake. And then the reason I told you that the famine is over and not the drought is because all outside of her house, the drought persisted. It would have gotten her house, but because of the man of God, she said, I know it's still dry. I know it hadn't been any rain. My cow collapsed. My sheep are dead. My chicken dehydrated. She said, but all I know is that every time I need a handful. See, you were shouting because I said the famine was over. But what you need to understand is that the beauty of the prophecy is that the famine is over, though the drought continues. God said, if I get ready to bless you, I don't need any outside circumstance to be lining up right for you to be blessed. A thousand can fall at thy right side. 10,000 can fall at your left side. But if I decide to bless your house, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Every tongue that I wish I had a witness. If I had somebody in this place that God made a way out of nowhere, jump up on your feet 
as a witness. Slap somebody and say, I did it anyway. My husband left me, but I did it anyway. I lost my job, but I did it anyway. None of my siblings went to school, but I did it anyway. Everybody else walked away, but I stood anyway. Are there any anyway people in here? Make some noise. Slap your neighbor and tell them my famine is over. My famine is over. I can't tell you about your famine, but my famine is over. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, as for me and my house. Before I go today, I want to take just a moment and thank my Global Partner System members for your help in enabling us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to other parts of the world as well as the United States of America. Because of your giving, we have been able to do this and it is a blessing, a blessing to sow into the kingdom of God. If you would like to further the gospel and make sure that we are there when you need us to be there, then simply text the letters GPS and any giving amount to the number 28950. You can also visit us at tdjpartners.org. Thank you, and God bless. If you marry somebody, and they keep giving to you, and you don't give anything back to them, anytime you don't give to what's given to you, you will kill the source. When you feed what feeds you, you'll never go without again. For your gift to the ministry of any amount, you will receive Feed What Feeds You on CD, as well as the More Than Enough Magnet. You haven't mastered what you have, but when I see you mastering on the level that you are, then God said, I will give you more. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And when your gift is $70 or more, you will receive the Abundant Supply three-part series on DVD and the bonus magnet. If I get ready to bless you, I don't need any outside circumstance to be lining up right for you to be blessed. However, when your gift is $125 or more, we will add the blessings to the brim mug as well as 10 blessed stationary note cards. God wants to overwhelm you with His supply. If in Canada, visit us online or call to order your digital downloads today. Today's message was amazing. Wonderful message, a great message. I think everybody needed that. I mean, it meant the world to me. The service was amazing. Um, the anointing was there. I feel rejuvenated. I feel revived. I went to another level in my thought, in my uh, attitude, everything. It was really a life-changing for my family. The service today was awesome. Bishop is always awesome. That message was incredible, and it makes you think about where you are and the people that you're around and the choices that you make. And I, I got such a blessing out of the word for today from Bishop. Today's message was truly transformative. Today's message was absolutely awesome. It was just a blessing to my life. This is my first time here at the Parter House and I had a word just for me today. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Dungeon.